Welcome to the Hunters and Unicorns 2020 Mastery Mission. Essential listening for sales professionals on the quest for mastery. Shorter episodes, huge impact. The 2020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Are you on the mission? Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests for 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom from the legends of Texels to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host Oli Kune. Hey everyone. And we are delighted to welcome Mike Ernst. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. How are we doing? Fantastic. Even better for having you on the show, Mike. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the way of an introduction, you are currently Area Vice President at Zscaler. But, Mike, you started your journey very, very early on in the best school, in the best college, in the best university of sales, where you started your trade back as a BDR, back in the Blade Logic days. And you've had an incredible, incredible journey. You've worked with some of the greatest, you know, some of the legends that, you know, our, our other shows have been all around. You know, you've worked for the likes of Dali, Schmidt, Musselman, Vance, John himself, Palm, Brian McCarthy. I mean, these are absolutely epic, epic names. So to say the least, we have really high hopes. So please don't let us down today. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I've just been very lucky and, and fortunate to have had the opportunity to work with those people. So they set the bar high for me. Hopefully I can like creep my way towards it. Very humble response there. <laughs> Absolutely. So you've got 20 minutes. Uh, Mike, do you want to just start off by introducing your topic? Sure. You know, grateful for the opportunity to, to come in and talk to you guys a little bit about something that I personally care about deeply and, and my leadership team cares about deeply. Um, and that's helping our reps and, and working with our reps and our team and, and everyone in the ecosystem to really understand and dig into uh, them finding their own personal and professional whys. Uh, this is a very, very hard and challenging job. Requires a lot of hours, a lot of grind. And really, you know, how do you, how do you continue to motivate yourself without even understanding why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing today? Amazing. It's a great subject. So, so why do you think that discovering this why and helping somebody discover their why has such a profound impact? I think it, um, it really helps to recenter when they're having a, a hard time or a hard time, whether it's outbound pipeline generating or a deal gets stuck or, you know, they're, they're doing all the right things and maybe not seeing and realizing the benefit right away. It, it really helps to recenter and refocus on what we're doing and why we're doing it, and then and then build a path towards accomplishing those things and, and doing all the little things right along the way that help you realize that dream. So instead of talking about, hey, go do more PG or hey, go do you know get a better VO or visible opportunity and, and close it faster, instead of hitting someone over the head with those types of, of comments, it's really recentering on on why we're here what we set out to accomplish and what are the things that we need to go do to accomplish that what's the big difference between those that have this why and those that don't i think um 
I think you operate differently. If you, if your, you know, end goal like mine was at one point was to pay off, you know, the seventy, eighty thousand dollars in student loan debt that I had coming out of school. Um, if that's my goal and, and I'm, I'm trying to attack it, I, I'm going to PG harder. I'm going to prepare better. I'm going to, I'm going to think every day I wake up, I'm going to come out of bed, ready to go re- prepared, ready to make the, the extra call. I'm going to end my day with that extra call, knowing that my goal is not accomplished until I, you know, until I pay off those loans, right? If my goal was to set a certain amount of NBMs with no real end in mind, it's, it's not really, it's not really the same effect. So I think it helps to, you know, drive a, a completely different motivation for the person, whether it's a rep, an RD, or first line, second line leader, whatever it is. And it, it really helps to, to drive the, the, the person to do the right things. Where did the inspiration come from, Mike? Um, I just been a part of a great, a lot of great leadership teams and, and a lot of different styles and, and, uh, been able to learn from, you mentioned several of them at the beginning of this call. And, and I've always been challenged by those people, by, you know, the Brian Scotts who hired me out of college, by, you know, the Tom Schmitz who gave me my first shot to be a rep, by the Dollies who gave me my first shot with Tom, the Parms, the, you know, the Jeremy Duggins, like all, all of these folks have always challenged me to continue to think about why I'm here. And, and help me make that extra call, right? Because that's a hard thing to do. Just why do you want to go make that extra call? Why do you want to stay an hour late or wake up an hour early or prepare on a Friday afternoon for a Monday morning PG uh, all day effort and grind, right? And they've always they've always asked me those questions. Like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And it's, it's just translated to me asking my team the same questions. Yeah. And have you always had that? Or was it something that you learned? And what was the difference once you switched this on? Yeah, good question. I actually, I, I probably have always had that. Um, I started working at a very, very early age, you know, babysitting my, my nieces, right? I started working at Dunkin' Donuts when I was 14 years old, serving coffees until, until you know, through college. I, I coached soccer. I did, I did any job I could. I painted houses. I, I was a landscaper. I did all of it, right? And, and just always wanted to wake up and, and grind and, and was fascinated with, you know, creating a, a life and doing all those great things but i never really thought about why i just kind of woke up and, and and grinded a lot um but but later on in life as as i got saddled with the student loans and welcome to the real world you know you just graduated university and you've got you've got a lot of bills and you got to go figure it out um I, I started thinking about why am i actually doing this and what am i going to go what am i going to need to do to go accomplish these things you spoke about being obviously captain of the football college football team were you thinking, you know, oh, sorry? I did it. I went there. I went there. I got it wrong already. <laughs> very controversial. Very controversial, very Ollie. There's no way this skinny kid was the captain of the football team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, so, yeah, I suppose the question where I was going with that um, was, um, you know, it's a sport, you know, in sport, it's important. It's important to have a focus, right? Do you think it derives and is born from some of the psychology that is that is in sport? Absolutely, competitive nature of being in sports all the time. The team, the team sport nature of, of especially as the captain of, of lifting everybody up, even when you're losing a game or you know out of out of competition, whatever it is, grinding people through bad weather. Like whatever the elements are, are thrown at you, whether it's in, in hockey, lacrosse, soccer, whatever the sport is, um, absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's 
something that's been a part of my life, my whole life, you know, I, I definitely leveraged in my professional career as well. Yes. There's a lot of people that are probably listening or watching this and they're thinking to themselves, okay, well, can I change that? You know, what, what steps can I do? And, you know, what, what, what is it that I can really think about? Or, you know, what? just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can be as simple as just writing down what are the, what are the things you want to go do and accomplish, whether it's, you know, again, student loans or, or you know, a mortgage on a house, paying it off or, you know, whatever it is, helping your kids through college, helping your mom buy a, buy a new house or helping her pay off her mortgage, whatever those things are. And, and if you're, if you're a rep, you can, you can look at your comp plan and you can back into, you know, how many calls do I need to make to convert to an opportunity? How many opportunities do I have to convert to a real VO, visible opportunity? And then how many opportunities do I need to close? What are my close rates? Like you can actually do, do the science and, and the math behind it to help you realize, you know, maybe it's, maybe it is just one more call to make or, or 10 more calls or, or whatever it is based on your conversion rates, your effectiveness. And if you're not effective, you can take a look at your messaging and, and practice your messaging. So there's just a number of things where you can start high level. Like, what do I want to accomplish? And then dig into the why and then, and then build uh, a path to get there. And how does understanding your own why also help you, you know, when you're client facing? A great question. People don't just buy stuff and <laughs> be incredible if they did. There's always a reason, right? Um, especially in tech. And, and it's such a, there's so many different vendors and, and things to sell. And, you know, you, you need to really dig in and do your research on to what is, what is the business pain and the problem that, that this company and this person are trying to attack and accomplish and solve. And then why are they trying to solve it? And then there's always a professional and personal element or usually a professional and personal element for the individual that you're talking to, whether they want to get promoted or, or whether they want to solve this just thing for their company, you know, whatever it is, being able to tie the two together and go have a conversation about how you meet potentially those, those needs and how you can help them realize, you know, the, the, their dream through the value of your, of your tech or whatever it is that you're selling versus just kind of showing up and throwing things at a wall based on having good tech and, hoping somebody buys it, right? Hope is never a good strategy or anything, right? So doing the research upfront, like deeply understanding this pain and problem, doing the discovery to understand if there is indeed a pain and a problem that maybe you can solve and then going and solving it uniquely for, for your customer directly could have a very meaningful impact in their career, both personally and professionally. So, so do you think that being in tune with your own why also maybe helps you tune in with perhaps the fact that others have their own why. Is that, is that? Yeah, I think it's a good, that's a good connection, right? If you don't understand why you're doing anything today, are you going to go do the research to understand why somebody else wants to do something? Right? Like I, I, um, and maybe you're doing it unconsciously, competently, right? You kind of know why you're doing it. So you you just go about your day, but I always thought it was great to, to visualize it. Um, and, and then draw the science behind how do I get there and then openly think about your customer and why they're doing these things and what are the things they want to accomplish instead of just drinking your company's Kool-Aid and throwing tech at the customer. Yeah. I'm intrigued on, on from, a, from a rep to its manager and from a manager to its rep. How does that solidify the relationship if, uh, if a manager is not prepared for the one-on-one with the rep, why should the rep prepare for the one-on-one with the manager? 
So we talk about a rep always um, being conscious of why they're here and, and how hard this is. The rep should have many, many resources within their ecosystem, including their first line leader, who should be their primary resource to help them remove obstacles and rocks and help them roll up the sleeves and, and do deals together. You know, your, your, your director, your first line leader should be preparing based on leading indicator data, right? Preparing based on these metrics that they're seeing the rep, the rep go after. They should know the business with the rep and they should come and coach to action, not just yell at a scoreboard about needing new, new, new business meetings or needing more VO or whatever. Of course, we all want new NBMs and VO and you know, all that great stuff. But the RD should treat that meeting, that one-on-one, like the most important meeting of the week. And if they do that, the rep will start to do that. And you'll see some magic start to happen as the, as the RDs start to really, really prepare and understand the rep's business. And then the reps start to really see the help and guidance. And then the marriage happens on, on, a, on a Monday for an hour or half an hour or a Tuesday for an hour or half an hour. And you start to see some, some advancement in VO and advancement in PG and, uh, and you know, help with messaging, whatever it is, right? It's, uh, it's an important meeting, the most important meeting of the week. So I suppose, how does the goal setting element kind of then transpire into daily activity? You know, is it daily lists? You know, what, what are the kind of, take us through that journey from goal setting to, to daily to week, what, you know, take us through that. Well, if you don't have a goal and an idea, so most, a lot of reps will say, I want to do 200%, for example, right? And if you ask actually ask them, what does that mean to you? What does doing 200% mean to you? A lot of them will say, well, it means X dollars. And then you take it, take a little, well, what is that? What do you mean by X dollars? Why do you care about that money? And, and then you break down the, the dollars and maybe again, earlier, it's back to, I need to pay off my mortgage or I want to pay off my loans or I want to, okay, great. So now we have a set as to what, or recently a rep of, of ours wanted to buy, you know, some, some, some rental properties and, and start to look at life after sales and, and being in tech. Like, how do I set up my family for, for the future? And the conversation was no longer, you know, Hey, um, you know, we, we need you to hit 200% or you want to hit 200%. It was, Hey, you mentioned you want to set your, your children and your family up for future generations with these rental properties. So in order to, in order to accomplish that, we need you to, you know, hit or exceed 10 NBMs booked and done a quarter, which equals four visible opportunity, two in commit, two in pipeline. And we you break it down back to the leading indicators that you've heard so much about, right? You break it down. And, and then it becomes, you know, if you're doing these things great and you're doing and you're leaning in every week, you will have your 200 plus percent by X date and you will have your first investment in your rental property by X date. And and he just took his family out to breakfast a, a couple of first investment in his real estate properties. Right. But it's and then it becomes so much more personal. It's no longer about, hey, congrats, you hit 200 percent of your number. It's, it's, wow, you know, you set up your family the way you said you wanted to. And, and now you're, now you're investing in your first rental property. And he sent a selfie to his, his leader with his whole family celebrating the moment. It's just way more personal that way. So, so do you think that emotional connection to the why stimulates a different investment as well? Yes. That, that the emotion, because you're not talking about the surface level, you're talking about the emotional connection. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the same thing with, with your customers and with your prospects, 
if you really understand how you can impact them with your technology and solve a pain and a problem for them and for their company, and you're having a conversation about where that helps them grow personally and professionally, it is a much different and game-changing conversation. And my technical, my tech can solve your problem. You should buy it. <laughs> yeah, obviously, this is it's clearly a, a mindset, right? So how do you stay on track on keeping that mindset, right, in a, in, a, in a very positive way? I think, um, I think well, you need to revisit this, this thought process in, in your mindset every, every couple months or six months or year or whatever it is because it's always going to change. I paid off my student loans. It's no longer my personal why. Now I have two, two little kids. They are everything for me, right? So how do I, how do I set them up and, and keep them safe and ready, right? And um, so it's just it, it changes constantly. I also think you know, celebrating the small wins is, is critical. So, you know, celebrating the journey, which is the most important and fun part of everything, of, of leading up to that moment of, you know, uh, of achieving your, your why and then changing it and, and moving on to another one. But the, the journey is the most important part of that as well. Celebrating that hard new business meeting that you finally got or advancing to a, an EB go, no, go meeting to, to finally get your, your potential champion to take you to their leader, like just celebrating every little part of the journey keeps you on track. If, if I, if I figure out your, your why Ollie, and I don't talk to you again until you, you deliver a deal, do you think I really care? <laughs> I have to ask the question. What's your why Mike? Right now it's my two and my three-year-old, my right. family, right? It's uh, my wife, my two, my three-year-old making sure that we're, you know, they're set up and, and just I'm learning constantly every day. They humble me every day. They're, my whole family is women. <laughs> They're just two, two, two three-year-old girls running around the house. And, uh, and they just, they melt me every time I get to hang out with them. They're the coolest kids. And, and that's my why right now. Amazing. Love it It's to no hear. longer like paying off my loans. And then like, <laughs> I need to cover the, the, the tab at the pub. Tab, right? That's what it used to be. <laughs> do, do you remember your why? So obviously you've, you've obviously lived by this and it's been indoctrinated in you from a very early age do you remember early point of your career do you remember those milestones so once you achieve those are they the sort of things that just stick to your mind and you look back we talk about the student loans a lot i overpaid my student loans by two dollars and 22 cents wow. i got a check from sally may for two dollars and 22 cents that i framed when i was 25 years old and i still have it on my desk amazing I, I remember the moments. I remember the. I remember the journey to get to those moments. Um, I remember the losses more than the wins because um, I learned more from the losses, giving presentations on my losses to, to people to hope. To hopefully, they can learn from my losses. And yeah, I, I do remember the journey and, and, and the key moments. Yeah. Cracking that first new business meeting, whether progressing that deal, I remember all of it. Yeah. Do you think that obviously celebrating? You talk about the, the the hardship almost. You almost celebrate the conquering of the hardship. Is that is that the resilience that this also gives you? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, you shouldn't be shy about learning moments, especially as a leader to your team. You shouldn't hide from from losses. You should talk about them and and figure out where we missed. And it shouldn't be like a 
you know, screaming, unless it was like blatant, yeah. just yeah. bad, right? Like it should be an, an open conversation and, and, you know, really dig into what were the things we missed, the steps we missed, what could we have done different and better? And how do we achieve greatness on the next one? Yeah. It, it sounds like a really simple concept, right? But at the same time, one which is clearly having profound effect. Why do you think people lose track of their why? It, it's hard. There's so much going on, right? People have so much going on at home, especially now, right? Going on at home, going on at work, lots of grind day to day. Um, I just honestly don't think it's top of mind always. And that's why it's as basic as it sounds, write it down and revisit it. When you're having a hard day, you can revisit it and, and dig in and, and then you can you can write it down and you can build the, the science and math behind how do you go achieve it? What's the dollar exact dollar amount you need to go get? How do you go get that dollar amount? And then what does it mean to you? And revisit it when you're having a rough couple of weeks, when you haven't set up a new business meeting in two weeks or three weeks or your VO didn't progress, like you can go in and figure out why. And your leader should help you. So if you have, if you have a rep that hasn't maybe set a meeting for six weeks, a new business meeting for six weeks. The leader should be digging in to figure out what is the messaging? Who are you calling? Why are you calling these people? What what can we change? Like, how can we roll up our sleeves in this org chart together and go attack it? And they should spot it before it becomes six weeks and they should help you go achieve it versus, hey, I need more new business meetings. It's a totally different conversation. So I think people have a lot going on. Um, I think leaders have a lot going on, especially first line. That's a hard job. It's probably the hardest job in the company. Right, a first line role, you got everyone coming at you. And all it takes is is that extra preparation, maybe a half an hour to an hour per rep to prepare for that first for that one on one, that first meeting of the week with you and the rep to make that week really, really impactful to the rep. Mm. So I suppose in summary of what we've spoken about so far, you know, if we were to really kind of hone in on guys listening to this, guys and gals listening to this podcast series right now this is the things that you should absolutely try. Summarize that for us, please, Mike. So if you're, if you're a rep, you can do this as a rep and a first line. A rep, take a look at your week. Look at what meetings you had in the week. Were they, were they impact meetings? Who were they with? Why were you meeting with those people? Were they gonna help you advance a cycle or are you just kind of meeting with them to meet with them to grab a good lunch, right? And then you can, you can dial in how many meetings were impact meetings. How many new business meetings did I set that had new routes to revenue with potential value to, to us and to, to the customer? Do I, do I know um, really the problem I'm solving for the, the visible opportunity? If not, who does and how can I go talk? Like really evaluate your week. Look back the last five days and evaluate your week. And then come to your RD with, hey, here's what I saw. Here's what I noticed. Here are the meetings I had. Here's, you know, just go walk through what you think your the state of your business looks like. And then work with your RD to roll up your sleeves and figure out how you can either adjust a few things or continue to double down on the things you're doing. You think you're doing great. And what you'll find is you, you'll probably you'll probably learn a couple things about yourself. Like me, when I was when I was a rep, uh, I was a majors rep at App Dynamics. I thought I was killing it. I had like 15 meetings a week and and my old my, one of them was like i was playing soccer with like one of my customers every saturday for like three hours and i was counting that as a meeting and my my you know my my boss mr parm paul at the time was was like you know mate you don't you know it's not social champion hour always right like you need to just 
figure out how you're going to move the needle on these opportunities and, and more importantly, why it matters to the customer. Otherwise, it's not a real VO. And so I started thinking about, are these impact meetings? What am I doing in these meetings versus just showing up to have lunch, things like that. So evaluate your week uh, as an RD. Look at all of your reps and evaluate their weeks and send a couple nuggets that you see. Hey, I saw that you met this person five times this week. Like, great. Like, I'd love to understand a little bit about the problem we're solving for them. That's awesome. Right? Hey, I saw... You know, you, you set two MBMs this week. That's great. How are you preparing for them? How can I help? Like, just build a story and talk track for your one-on-one. That's not just showing up, talking about the person's weekend and turning it into a forecast call. Great. I, I think it's absolutely some great nuggets of wisdom there. And, and I suppose, you know, this is all about really finding purpose, right? And and I think that when you when, when you do the job that, that, that you do, it's hard. It's a grind. You know, there's, there's, there's ups, there's downs, but ultimately if you don't give the commitment that's needed, you're ultimately not going to get the, the, the fruits of your labor. Um, and I think what, you know, what I've really taken from this is that it's one thing having the intention, but I think you also need to be, you know, you have to dedicate that time to actually write it down and commit to that and, and, and revisit that and evaluate wh- where you are and, and where you've been, um, and, and use that to kind of almost create the compass and uh, the compass and, and, and the map. And I think that that's really what, what we've really taken from, uh, f- from today. And, and ultimately, if you, if you haven't got a why, I'm sure John McMahon staring at you, uh, giving you this, there would have been enough of a why for anyone. So, uh, I was lucky. I was just, a, I was a lowly SDR with John and, and he was, the fact that, that guys like him and, and Vance and, and Vic Vishnavi and Andy Byron and, Musselman and, and just Schmitty and all these guys even gave us the time. It was just We were just trying to soak it up, and it was just a really nice thing that they did, right? So they didn't have to give us any time at all. We were these 23-year-old kids. But, uh, but yeah, it was him staring. At, I saw him stare at people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably lots of stories to talk over a beer with that one, Mike. But look, Mike, really, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for sharing in your wisdom. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure on having you on the show. But we would really like to thank all our listeners for tuning in today. But please do like, share and comment. Obviously, I'm sure you've all got feedback and information and, and, and things you want to share as well. So but please do um, share, comment and like. Um, but thank you ever so much for tuning in. And thanks again for being on the show today, Mike. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate it. Have you enjoyed the session today? Be sure to let us know how you got on with the tips and please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? The 2020 Mastery Mission is brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out so muchsoap.com for more information. <laughs>